Jaime Black on day three of South by Southwest Interactive. I'm here at the Chicago Made trade show booth for Chicago Made Illinois Entertainer and Dynasty Podcast. And I'm here with Terry Howerton, founder and CEO of Tech Nexus. How are you doing, sir? I am great, thanks. It's a pleasure to meet you. Absolutely, man. I'm glad we're able to connect here. Um, you were just on a panel earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, uh, called Reinventing America, Betting Big on the Heartland. And it focused on opportunities for Midwest innovation, it sounds like. Um, so kind of two parts. What were your goals going into that discussion, and how was the reception? Well, I appreciate that. Uh, we've, we've had a partnership with Forbes now going into our second year around this concept of reinventing America. It's, a, it's an important message that Forbes has been bringing into the marketplace. We've done conferences twice now in Chicago, once in Indianapolis, heading to Detroit. Um, and, and, and the concept behind it is that uh, Forbes believes the future of the American economy is really going to be about the reinvention of the American corporation. Uh, and the industry leaders that are out there. My own personal bias is the way that those corporations are going to reinvent themselves is through engaging the entrepreneurial class and heart, solving harder problems. Um, so it was a, a chance to continue that theme, continue that conversation here at South By. Yeah. Uh, you know, so talking about, I mean, even just looking at the title, what kind of opportunities are becoming available to entrepreneurs in the Midwest and, I mean, you know, specifically Chicago, of course? I'm a big believer that uh, we've we got to focus entrepreneurs on solving harder problems. You know, I, I think entrepreneurs solve the problems that they see. And if you if you have an entrepreneurial class that tends to be just single, young males living in urban cores, you end up with a lot of dating apps. Right. But if you we don't need forty tinders. But, but if you if you get them focused on some of the harder, more complex issues that need to be solved around uh, some of the things, frankly, that industry leaders are dealing with, then. You know, there's great opportunity. The reason that's so important in Chicago is simple. 738 of the top 1,000 companies in the world, 738 of the Fortune 1,000 have disappeared or changed over the last 10 years. In the next decade, over half of the Fortune 500 will not exist, will go out of business, will be replaced, will merge away. The heartland, Chicago and the Midwest, is the home to those Fortune 500 companies, to those Fortune 1000 companies. That, that's unprecedented amounts of regeneration that we're going to see over the next decade. And a lot of that change is going to be driven by entrepreneurs. If we can ask them to think about solving real-world harder problems to replace those industry leaders, we, we, have, we have as great opportunity as a region as any region in the world. So there's a quote that is attributed to you from the panel that was I read on Twitter. It says, it's an exciting time to build a business in the Midwest. We're in the thick of a disruption. Celebrate the rise. So it sounds like you, you know, you're talking about how we're going to see this unprecedented kind of disruption in terms of these enormous companies and, and really well-established companies going away. But it sounds like you're celebratory about the opportunity that's coming out of that kind of devastation. Is that correct? I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, disruption will create the opportunity for future entrepreneurs. The, what I meant by uh, uh, celebrate the rise was that we have to get better at celebrating those harder to tell stories, right? I mean, I think the media and a lot of times government uh, it kind of reflexively celebrates the, the young entrepreneur building the B2C thing that's got a funny brand that everybody knows about and maybe puts on their phone and celebrate. It's easy to put your head around that as a media person or as a government person and say, ooh, look at that cool new thing. It's a little more complex to recognize, you know, the person who's building a, uh, a software solution for the agriculture industry, right, or the real estate industry, or 
you know, building a new way of trading financial services. And, and, and we, don't, we don't know how to tell those stories as well. And we need to do a much better job of celebrating those kinds of businesses because that's where the future opportunity really is. So how can we, and it's not just young people, but how can we get to young entrepreneurs and, and any age entrepreneur and kind of stress to them like, hey, it doesn't have to just be a Grubhub, Netflix, or Tinder type thing. There are larger problems. There are bigger opportunities. And I don't know that everybody thinks about that or is, that a, or is aware of that. So how can, how can the message get out to those kind of people? Well, I think it starts by looking at something. So you said Grubhub, right? And, and I don't think Grubhub was great because it was a consumer play. I think Grubhub was great because it was an entirely new business solution. It was about small businesses in, in street corners all over the country doing a much better job of, of, of how they optimized their delivery, how they marketed their services. I mean, Grubhub was a B2B solution in a lot of ways. It had a consumer component to it. They needed to be able to be a gateway for consumers to come in. But I think, you know, telling that version of the story is important so that entrepreneurs understand, go and find an existing flawed, inefficient business model in the, in the, out there in industry and figure out how to improve upon it. Now, uh, Again, I wasn't able to make the panel, unfortunately, but, you know, I was reading up about it on Twitter and, and some of the kind of recap stuff, and it sounds like there was a big announcement that came out of the panel that relates to the Department of Homeland Security. What can you tell us about that? Well, that was actually a separate panel. The, the, um, uh, we announced earlier this week a partnership with the Department of Homeland Security, a focus for the next six months around um, wearable technology for first responders. So policemen, firemen, ambulance operators, and how do we bring technology to the market that actually saves lives and saves lots and lots of money in those cases. There hasn't been much innovation, frankly, in technology for what policemen wear or how firemen go into fires uh, in the last couple of decades. And so there's a big focus for us on that. That's kind of consistent with our business model these days is, you know, we, we spend a lot of time working with big corporations and asking them what they expect from the entrepreneur entrepreneurial ecosystem. In this case, we've taken on maybe one of our biggest challenges in the federal government and asked them to figure out how to play with entrepreneurs and how to sponsor innovation in the entrepreneurial class around this really hard and really important problem. So we're, we're excited about that project. Uh, now talk about the Forbes partnership. I know that you guys were part of a Forbes conference that just happened uh, earlier this month, very recently. And, and, you know, early in the interview you were talking about it. So talk about the connection with Forbes more and what that means and what you guys do with them. Well, you know, Forbes has been a great partner for us going on now a year and a half, two years, and, and both from a media perspective and an events perspective. And, you know, Forbes is just an iconic brand, uh, this capital voice for capitalism going back for decades. And, and as, uh, it, it itself is in flux. I mean, the media industry is in flux, right? I mean, the media industry is trying to figure out how it's, what its future is and how they make money. And it's been a real great partnership with Forbes because we've been able to find folks that we, we, we see the market the same. We, we, we have kind of a shared core of beliefs, and that is that, that the American economy, in fact, the global economy, is, is in an unprecedented period of disruption. Uh, that it's faster, cheaper, easier than ever before for an entrepreneur to build meaningful businesses, meaningful disruption into the marketplace. And Forbes recognizes that, and I think that's part of the campaign around reinventing America and part of the, you know, the reason why we, we really enjoy our partnership with them. So, you know, we've talked about all these great things that TechNexus is doing, but we, we haven't even talked as much 
about the company itself. So for anybody who's not familiar or who's maybe seen the name on Twitter or, you know, around the city on, like, cranes or something, but doesn't know, kind of, you know, what does Tech Nexus do in your own words, and how does it relate to people who might be interested in discovering it? So, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I've, uh, I've been suffering from that condition since I was 15 years old. It's the only thing I know how to do. But sometime around seven years ago, I realized my, my short attention span was... Uh, was even better served by working with incubating companies. And so we, we were the first incubator in Chicago to really work on the tech community. We, we, we saw 200-plus startups grow out of the first incubator, raised $250 million those companies did while they were there. They were in lots of different industries. Uh, that was all uh, really at the beginning stages of, of the tech community uh, growth that we're seeing now in, in Chicago, which is fantastic. And now with the emergence of wonderful places like 1871 and lots of others that are focused on that early stage part of the community, we've begun to pivot a little and say our great opportunity is really at the intersection of large companies, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000, that are in need of or trying to stave off extinction um, and helping them engage the entrepreneurial ecosystem, market validate opportunities where we can now uh, support, invest, and, and commit our time to, to, to grow successful new businesses. So, you know, you're talking about this growth that, I mean, obviously a lot of us are seeing in the tech space in Chicago. A, where do you see that going? And B, do you, you know, in five years, do you see Chicago operating on a much different level or kind of occupying a different perception in people's minds where, you know, right now still some people in L.A. and New York are just kind of like, oh, it's Chicago. But I feel, me personally, I think if if we continue on the trajectory that we're on, it's going to change how people see us in a few years. Do you agree or? Uh, look, Chicago is an amazing technology capital. It has been for a better part of more than a decade. I think there's a lot of activity over the last couple of years, which has uh, gotten a bit more visibility, and that's great. You know, folks celebrated the rise of Groupon as if it was somehow a, a brand new, suddenly Chicago's got a tech company. Truth is, is Groupon was one of several flares that went up and lit up the ground cover, and everybody looked around and went, wow, I guess there really is a tech company here. I, I, we track over 3,800 growth stage technology companies in and around Chicago. 3,800 companies that have at least a million dollars in revenue and in some cases multi-billions in revenue. These are, these are companies that didn't just crop up overnight. These are companies that have been there and they've, they've been a part of the economy for, for a very long period of time and they're going to be. Um, the real opportunity over the next decade is as, as the industry-leading companies in real estate and financial services and agriculture and uh, healthcare and education and all of these other kind of mainline industries, as they begin to feel disruption, as they begin to define their own industries, our greatest opportunity in the Chicagoland area is really to drive tech solutions that focus on those. And that's where the weird winners are going to be. So final question, because it's all been great, it's super fascinating stuff. You know, what are you looking for? What is TechNexus looking for in terms of startups? entrepreneurs, you know, newer companies, uh, you know, who might want to get involved with you and what you're doing, you know, what should someone bring to the table to show you that they're serious? You know, our business model is really simple. We're trying to accelerate market validation as quickly as possible. So if you're walking in the door saying, I want to, I want to spend the next few months trying to put together a, a great PowerPoint for a pitch deck for, to raise money, that's not something we want to spend a lot of time with. If you're walking in the door and you're saying, I've got a product, I think it's got, valid, it's, it's got validity and I need customers or I need channel partners or I need to get it in front of somebody who can tell me it's a bad idea really, really quickly, 
or put it in front of somebody who's going to fast track me to a proof of concept really, really quickly, you know, that's right up our alley and that's what we want to work on. I dig it. Uh, Terry Howerton, day three of South by Southwest for Chicago Made Illinois Entertainer and Dynasty Podcast. Thank you so much, man, for taking some time. Thank you. Enjoy the show.